Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Crimes of the heart. Crimes of the heart. Hello, friends, future friends, haters, and ex-lovers. Welcome back to another episode of Crimes of the Heart. I'm your host, Rory Uphold, and today we have one of the shittiest crimes I've ever heard of. It is truly beyond, and it comes to us from the brave and hilarious David Kurtz. Honestly, it's people like David who make me feel less alone in my own shitty romantic journey, so I'm so grateful that he's sharing this story with us. And in honor of this stinker of a story, I decided it was time to get a straight male guest on this podcast. And not just any straight male, no, no. He is a thirsty charmer, which means that you are in for a wild ride. We recorded this podcast several months ago as strangers, and all I'll say is this man now lives on my speed dial. And while I will never pass up an opportunity to make fun of him, in all honesty, he is a really great guy. So without further ado, today's special guest is a comedian and quick-witted TV host from shows like Sugar Rush on Netflix and Nightly Pop on E. He's also a self-proclaimed retired fuckboy and a newly minted podcaster who collects abs the way most women collect shoes. I am talking about none other than Mr. Hunter March. I hope your audience didn't hear that and go, that is none other than Hunter March. <laughs> But, that would be kind of amazing, though. Yeah, thanks. I I guess I'd rather be a reformed fuckboy than a current fuckboy. Yeah, retired. If you look at my Instagram, it does not look retired. It does not look retired. I know, but I'm no longer fuckboying. Okay, wow. Who knows, really, though? <laughs> this could be the moment that it starts back <laughs> up. <laughs> Is your audience horny? Mm, yeah. Really? I hope so. Uh, you hope so? I hope so. We'll find out. We will. Well, this is a crazy story. I hope you are ready to get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, hit it. A quick disclaimer. Our episodes deal with serious incidents and triggering subject matter. If you feel like at any time you need support, please do not hesitate to grab a cocktail, share this with a friend, or contact us with your own stories. We are here to listen and liberate. Contact information can be found in the show notes. The names in the following episode have not been changed to protect the innocent or the guilty. I would have wished that the parents came home even earlier before we even started having sex or in the middle of having sex. That would have been less embarrassing. You know what I mean? Today's confession comes from David Kurtz, a TikToker who committed one of the shittiest crimes we have heard thus far. Our story takes place in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, in the winter of 2015, when David is in his early 20s. Filth is fun when you're young. David's swiping on the apps when he matches with Lily, a cute 23-year-old redhead who lives one town over. The two hit it off and decide to meet up for dinner. 
it went well. So we just kept talking, and about a week later, she decided to invite me over to her place. It's very cold out, like... 35, 40 degrees outside. When David pulls up to Lily's house. Most people crank the heat up in the winter, but when David walks into Lily's place, he notices that... She had all of the windows open while I was there. I walked in, I was like, it's freezing cold in here, but I guess... That's just the way that she liked it. I don't know. Some people just like it colder. I didn't really want to question it. I didn't know her very well, so I wasn't going to question how she lived in her house. Lily's bundled up in sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Sweaters, scarves, layers, bundling. That's my favorite. While David is freezing in a long-sleeved tee and jeans. I wanted to be like the nice guy, the guy to be accommodating, and so I just chose to not say anything. The front door opens into the living room, which is where David and Lily are hanging out. It has hardwood floors and a large blue-gray couch in the middle. They talk on the couch for a while before Lily suggests they put on a movie. And of course, it's not long before- Things just naturally progressed and we started, you know, messing around and Things got more, you know, more steamy. But David is so cold that he can't initially get hard. I was shivering. And I was trying to keep it together because, you know, I didn't want to be like shivering while this was happening because I didn't want to act like I was nervous or something because I wasn't really nervous. I was just really cold, but I was just trying to keep myself together. Lily doesn't seem to notice. She was just kind of in her own world. I couldn't really feel anything. So it was like I was having trouble. And I noticed that like my part was not going to work because I was just cold. But again, Lily didn't seem to mind. So they kept fooling around and eventually we finally got something going. I was freezing cold the whole time, but we made it work and we ended up having sex. Mission accomplished. Halfway through sex, David notices a weird sensation in the lower half of his body. Danger! Danger! But it's hard to tell what it is because... My whole bottom half was basically numb. They continue having sex, and right as David's about to come, he realizes the sensation he's feeling is gas. And as he climaxes, David lets out... A fart. Oh my god! I thought that it was just gonna be a fart, but I noticed right away that after I farted, it was not just a fart. Poop came out instead of the fart. This is worse. This is much worse. David starts to panic. So I tried to keep my cool because immediately I was like, oh no, what is... What is this? David knows he shit on the couch. What he doesn't know is how much or how badly. Thankfully, Lily heads to the bathroom to clean herself off. David's alone on the couch, heart racing. I tried to keep my composure and I tried to like figure out what I'm supposed to do in this situation. He spots a black blanket at the other end of the couch and pulls it over his body. 
pulled this blanket over me, one, to keep me warm, and two, to keep the smell in, try to like cover myself so I could figure out what I'm supposed to do. David is afraid to move because he's sitting on the couch with a little pile of shit underneath him. There's so many things going through my head. I was trying to figure out like what the consistency was because if it's a certain consistency, that has to lead to a different way of dealing with it. David doesn't know where the kitchen is, and Lily's in the bathroom, so he's not sure what he can use to clean up the poop, and... The more it sat there, the more it smelled. Dude, you smell like shit. But David was afraid to move for fear of smearing it. I was sitting there for maybe, I don't know, it felt, it felt like a really long time, but it was maybe only like less than a minute. He thinks about running away. But in the middle of all of these thoughts, all of a sudden the front door of her house opens and her mom and dad and a dog come through the door. Lily failed to mention that she lived with her parents. So I like look at them and they look at me and we kind of just stare at each other for a second and I go, hi. And in that moment, Lily walks out into the living room from the bathroom and she goes, oh, I didn't know you guys were gonna come so soon. Lily is back in her sweats. Meanwhile, David is sitting on the couch under a blanket, fully naked from the waist down and sitting in poop. His underwear, pants, shoes, and socks are sitting in a pile next to the couch. And at this point in my mind, I'm, I'm full on panicking, but I'm trying to like, you know, keep my cool. The parents tell Lily that their dinner ended early. Then they look at David and... They're like, oh, who are you? And I'm like, oh, hi, I, I'm just a friend. Lily walks over to talk to her parents. Meanwhile, David tries to... Slowly scoot the blanket underneath me so that I can try to scoop the poop with my hand and the blanket because I didn't want to pick it up with my hand, so I was going to use the blanket and I was going to maybe try to get it in my hand with the blanket and then take the blanket into the bathroom and wash it off or something in the sink. David's trying to be subtle. Easy, sailor. Easy. So as not to draw attention to the fact that he's doing something under the blanket. And I still didn't know what kind of consistency it was. I didn't know if this was even going to work. He tries to scoop up the poop, but... It wasn't easily picked up. So when I kind of scooted my hand underneath me with the blanket, I kind of smeared it on the blanket and also smeared it on the couch. So there was two little smears of it. David uses his other hand to hold the blanket around his waist while he tries to stand up. Unfortunately, he's interrupted by the family's nosy black lab. All of a sudden, the dog comes over and starts sniffing around and starts sniffing the shit and trying to like lick it off of the couch. So I'm like, no, dog, please just get away. So I'm trying to scoop the poop and push this dog away. So I can't really keep the blanket up as well. David is trying to keep the blanket from falling while holding the poop and fending off the dog. You couldn't. It's too difficult. So I was trying to like push his face off. I was like kind of grabbing his snout and being like, just go that way. But also I was holding the part of the blanket that had the shit on it in one hand. And then also trying to hold the part of the blanket that was keeping the blanket up around my waist with my elbow. It was such a disaster. At this point, David could die from embarrassment. I was like, this might be the worst thing that will ever happen to me. What else could possibly go worse? 
And then, David realizes he doesn't have a free arm to pick up his clothes. And I was like, maybe I can hide it under the blanket if I just kick it and shuffle it into the bathroom. So, David's holding the blanket. Like it was a skirt. While? Scooting the, the clothes on the floor. And they had, they had wood floors, thankfully. Which results in him waddling across the living room toward the hallway where the bathroom is located. I looked up at them briefly, and they were like kind of giving me a little side eye, trying to watch what I was doing. My hip, my leg stuck out of the blanket, and I could tell in their face that they were like, okay, you don't have any pants on, and you're trying to get into the bathroom to clean up. David just wants to get out of there as fast as humanly possible. So I was just kicking my clothes, just scooting my way into the bathroom. I was like, this is the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me. Finally, David reaches the bathroom, closes the door behind him, and breathes a sigh of relief. Then he looks down at the blanket and... From what I can deduce by the amount of smear that was on the blanket, it wasn't like a full-on shit, but it was a decent amount. It was like a half dollar's worth, but it was 3D. David quickly cleans himself and throws on his clothes. I put my pants on and I just left the blanket in the in the bathroom. I didn't even try to clean it up because in my mind, I wasn't gonna see this person again because this was such a disaster and they were gonna find out either way. It was time to face the music. I just wanted to like sneak out the window. I didn't even want to go back out there. But there wasn't a window to jump out of. The only way out of the house was through the front door. So David walks out of the bathroom, down the hallway, into the living room where Lily and her parents are still talking. I could tell, at least in the parents' faces, that they figured out that at least we were having sex on their couch. And so they were they were not super fond of me at that point. But what could he do? In the moment when you're panicking, you're not really thinking logically about all of these possible scenarios that could have been better than what you did. You're kind of just doing the first thing that comes to your mind. So, you know, in hindsight, I could have been honest and said, hey, sorry, there's some shit on your couch. I'll, I'll just clean it up for you because that's my bad. But I didn't do that. I was so embarrassed and I didn't, I didn't even want to look at them like on my way out. David forces himself to make eye contact. I tried so hard to look at them in the eyes and say, thank you, I'm gonna go, you guys are busy. But Lily's not making eye contact with David. She says bye as David walks out the door. Goodbye. But... She didn't say, I'll text you later. She didn't say that. So I was like, okay, I guess we have a mutual agreement that we're just never gonna talk to each other anymore. David gets in his car and speeds away from their house. He lets his mind wander. When I left, they had all of the freedom to like roam around and find all of the, the things that I left for them. He thinks about the stain on the couch and the blanket in the bathroom, and he wonders if he will ever hear from Lily again. It was a wild car ride home, and I was like, well, nothing I can do about it now. He doesn't message Lily, but... He also doesn't unmatch her. I left the conversation open to just see if a message would come. I half thought that she was going to message me and go, 
thanks a lot for shitting on my couch, you asshole, and then unfollow me. But secretly, David was hoping that Lily was going to message and it was just going to be a funny thing we could talk about, but no message came. David waits a week before he unmatches with Lily. The two never speak again. When asked what he'd do differently, David says this. I would have spoke up for myself and said, hey, I'm really cold and this is kind of hard for me because I'm so cold. But at the time, I was like, I don't want to be that guy. So I kind of just left it and I thought I would be fine with it. But obviously it turns out I was not fine with it. But I learned from that mistake and hopefully this is a good learning opportunity for people to just express how they're feeling. When asked if he has advice for listeners, David offers this. I've found out in the years after this that just having a good time is way more enjoyable than trying to perform perfectly. So I think just relax and have a good time. If something funny happens, then laugh about it. <laughs> if something kind of gross happens, laugh about it. You know, if something goes wrong, especially with someone you just met, if you like them, then I think the best thing to do is to be honest and to not expect things to go perfectly. I think 100% of the time, if you're honest about it, the other person will be so understanding. And if they're not, then that's not the person that you should be with. Because when it comes to love, shit happens. And... No one knows that better than David. Yikes. <laughs> so so professional over here. <laughs> uh, are we the um, only two people left after hearing that story? Yeah. I feel like <laughs> I had Wild. a hard time listening to it. It's so cringe. But I also feel like, I don't know. I mean, nothing that bad has ever happened to me. That It did make me feel better. Yeah, it does. Totally. Because I thought that my resume my hit list was pretty bad. And then I listened to this story and realized, oh, it gets worse. Yeah, if your whole thing was, look at all these things that have happened to me, I'm the person who should be hosting this podcast. No, that guy should be hosting this podcast. I should get podcast. David on this podcast. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's true. He is far away though. Oh, thank God. Midwest. Oh, well that explains the whole shitting his pants during <laughs> sex thing. <laughs> yeah. The winter vibes. Yeah, I grew up in L.A., so a favorite joke of mine is making fun of everyone else mm. when knowing full well that we are the worst. Yeah, I'm also from L.A. Are you? Mm -hmm. In the valley? Where did you grow up? It's kind of gross, huh? I just wanted to do that because I think you're from the valley. I am from the yeah, valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm from the beach. Wow. Is that one of the racist ones? Oh, you're thinking of Manhattan Beach. A lot of the beaches. Yeah. It's a little sketchy. I know, I know. Has anything this horrific ever happened to you on a date? Or would we call this a date? Yeah, of course. You would. This was a date. Well, they didn't obviously go out or anything like that, but was this their first date? No. No, it was their second. Well, then she invited I... them to like come over and then they put on a movie and then they immediately started hooking up. I feel like that's a date just because had the shitting of the couch not happened mm -hmm. then uh, they'd go on another one well if she was describing it to her friends they'd be like well how many dates have you gone on she'd be like we've hung out twice or we've gone on two dates that's true so I think that's how she even though it wasn't an actual date I think it still counts mm. verbally as two dates I once referred to a guy that I went out with a bunch of times as an ex and he was like I don't think I'm an ex and I was like well what the what do I call you right I, I agree with that to a degree like I'm like is that just because you don't want to be labeled an ex no 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 I think it's okay to call someone an next you're like hmm. you're, you're next to me i don't yeah. know if i can talk to you anymore well i do talk to him oh do you love him still no i just fuck him still do you <laughs> yeah yeah how many guys do you have like that in your life just one? Oh just... no lots 
Really? Yeah. And you're just, you know, fucking and sucking. <laughs> I love that you bobbed and weaved. I was like, where is this going? There's like so many terms I could use, but fucking um, and sucking is my fallback. Okay. What are the other ones? Uh, railing, getting railed, mm. uh, you know, fucking and sucking. <laughs> Those are the only. I like to think of them as hmm, their friends that I have. <laughs> wow. Jesus. I love I'm that so that just sorry. sounded like a horror movie. Oh my god, this feels way better. Where you were saying you were literally in the middle of a sentence, and then I squeaked like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so you have all these fuck friends? Yeah, and they're not consistent all the time. I mean, the guy that I'm specifically or that we we're just talking about lives in London, and he's a tour manager, so he's kind of like all over the world all the time. Wow. And he had a relationship, and obviously I did not have sex with him while he was in that relationship. Mm. And then he happened to be in LA, and we happened to kick it. Yeah. Naked. Oh. Nice. Yeah. I've, I've I've had that at plenty of times in my life, but right now I was kind of seeing someone, and I put everything else on hold, and now I'm now, now you're I'm back. starting fret. No, I still haven't oh. built up a roster. Right. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to be a good guy. No rosters. Oh, you think a roster makes you a bad guy? Okay, that's interesting. I think a roster makes you a bad guy unless you're very open and honest about it with everyone on your roster. Mm. Like unless you tell women like, "Hey, you're one of four, and you're not one of the starters," then it's kind of fucked up. And I don't want to have that conversation, so I'm trying to just be a good guy. And, and do that's nice focus on myself you know I definitely don't tell guys that there's a roster well you have to ask yourself would they care if you didn't if they found out and you didn't tell them I assume that they wouldn't exactly yeah I assume that the women would, would care yeah and I think that's probably true yeah so that's why it's I don't love it that being said how fun <laughs> Woo. <laughs> okay, wait. So has anything this horrific ever happened? Nothing this horrific. There was one time, one of the first times that I had sex with a new girl. Like oh. I had sex I with like, one wow, girl for a while. No, it's going it's still back in the day. It's like okay. the second or third girl I ever had sex with. Mm-hmm. And we had been fooling around for so long mm. without having sex. And I didn't think sex was gonna happen. So I was just kind of resigned. I was like, Well, let's not do this. Yeah. And then finally she's like, Do you have a condom? And I was like, Yeah. And then I put it on. And you went down for the count no 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 i went came for the count oh the second it went in and i and then i was so embarrassed i was like <laughs> hey we should stop i don't feel <laughs> i don't feel comfortable because i feel like i don't really know you that well <laughs> oh wow you tried to hit her with the like emotional vibes even though you had already come yeah well i just felt so embarrassed and then did she know oh we were so young we were six and so seven no. Yeah. No, we were in 11th grade or 10th grade or something. 10th grade? It was the second girl I'd ever had sex with. Whoa. So you were 16, 15? Yeah. Oh, I was 17. Really? Yeah. And I waited over a year with my boyfriend. That's impressive. That is impressive. But I then waited... I had sex in a bunk bed with somebody sleeping on top. Oh, we've That's all been how there. I lost my virginity. We've all been there. <laughs> Dark days. <laughs> there was one time I was in a hotel on a set and I was art department. Mm-hmm. And this woman broke her foot on set. And so she couldn't leave the day that we were all supposed to wrap. And she was like 10 or 12 years older than me. I think I was 18 and she was like 31. And uh, she needed a place to sleep that night because they were supposed to check out. And there was nowhere to sleep except for our room was me and this guy, two beds. And she ended up sleeping in my bed Mm. next to this other guy. And for like the first two hours of us laying there, like we were just looking at each other being like, this is really She's like, is it weird for you? And I was like, no, I guess not. No, because like, no, for... I think we're going to fuck. So <laughs> I was I'm just so... biding my time. <laughs> oh, my God. I was not confident or cool. I was so nervous. Oh, I was really? like, holy fuck. This is crazy. You, you've had a job. You've had a full-time job for years now. <laughs> 
I think she was a former cheerleader too. So I was like really excited oh, about wow. all of it. But also we were cautious of the giant boot on her foot that got put on that day right. or whatever because she broke her toes or something. And then the guy was sleeping next to us the whole time. He was so another like 19 like... year old guy. Oh man. And we, we had what at the time was the greatest sex of my entire life. Looking back, couldn't have been more yeah, than- bad. Yeah, couldn't have been more than a minute or two. And also I was just so nervous. And I was just like nervous about him. So like we were being really quiet. So like all the movements were really quiet. Yeah, it was, it was slow and weird, but still very hot. Think about it every once in a while. Oh. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Is that your most embarrassing date story or worst hookup story? Mm, I don't know if I have necessarily like a worst hookup story or like a, a bad sex one. What are yours? Maybe I'll be inspired. Ooh. I mean, the shortest date I ever had was with a guy. I met him at a Super Bowl party at one of our friends. Like a friend had a Super Bowl party. We went out. We went to the Roger room mm -hmm. and I got there. He had already gotten a drink, which is kind of a weird pet peeve of mine. I feel like if you get there first, just ask the person what they want. Like text them? Yeah. Do you want me to get you a drink? I'm getting a drink. I would not get a drink. Because the girl would think you would roofie them? No, no, no. I wouldn't get a drink for myself either. I would wait. Oh, you would just wait. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, I would wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But also the roofie thing. Now I'm nervous. I don't want to get <laughs> accused of that. So yeah, I wouldn't do that either. So yeah, it's a weird thing. Like if I've never met the person and they offer to get me a drink, I'm always like, mm, right. could be a risk. But Is I had met this enough? person. <laughs> Hunter. <laughs> That's those are your those are your words that I vibed from your head. Oh god. I the, not my original thought. Got it, got it, got okay, it. That's going. fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, so I get there and I don't know how this happened, but within maybe 5 minutes of me sitting down, politics came up and his parents were flat earthers. And I just was like, oh, I this will never, mm, I can't do that. But this. was he a flat earther? No. But, but I just was like, because his parents were? What? I'm just gonna have to buy into your family. How am I supposed to do Thanksgiving, Christmas? I just said, I will not be able to do this because I don't respect them. And he lost his mind. And he was like, they are good people. And I was like, well, look, a lot of my friends are gay and they're anti gay. So flat earthers are? Well, they're very, they were very conservative and they were very religious. And this had all come out. And I, I just was like, I, I don't fuck with it. Uh, there's no way. Your parents do not believe in the rights of my friends. We're never going to be able to coexist. Yeah. So this is just not going to happen. And he lost it on me. And he was like, they've adopted so many children, like so many foster children. They're really good people. Only straight ones, though. And I said, agree to disagree. <laughs> and that man cornered me in the bar, was like yelling at me, and then was like, I think it's time for you to get an Uber. And I was like, all right, cool. 15-minute date. Wow. Mm -hmm. That trumps all of my dates in terms of badness. Really? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh. I I do understand where he's coming from a little bit though. Because <laughs> I'm intense and maybe a bitch. No, no, not that at all. But before you said the thing about them being homophobic, just uh -huh. the flat earther part. Okay. I was like, yeah. could you imagine if your parents had this horribly stupid belief mm -hmm. and you're like, they're wrong. I know the earth is round. Yeah. Maybe it's the greatest guy in the world, but he's just plagued by this thing. He's been rejected by so many women because of his parents' mm. shitty belief. The fact that they're homophobic is different. It would be tough for me to be a part of anything that yeah. was like discriminatory. But if I, if I met a girl whose parents thought the earth was flat, one, I'd be like, jackpot. This is going to make for an entertaining dinner with the family. But also she's going to be a kooky bird too, which I love. Oh, 
Not because she also thinks the earth is flat, but because she grew up in that, she's going to be a weirdo. I think it's awesome. Okay. Uh, you're way more positive. The reason I like it is because it almost guarantees that we're getting a TLC show. Fair. We're getting a docu-follow. Wow. I really did not think this through when I broke up with a boyfriend because I didn't like his parents. Oh, wait. Did you just call him a boyfriend? Mm -hmm. No. This is a different guy. Oh, okay. Oh, I a had, different so guy. So part of it was that I had come out of a relationship where I didn't really respect his parents, and I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to be a part of this family. What didn't you respect about his parents? Oh, I gotta be careful here. Conservative. Um, yep, conservative. Mm. Also religious, and I just didn't think they were very bright. And look, does that make me elitist? It sure does. You but I, I try to lead with that. You could have just left it at the first two. You're like, <laughs> I gotta be careful here. They were conservative. Also, pretty fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to clip this and see how this does on the internet. I'm trying to think of like all the people I've dated in the past and whether or not I really liked their parents. And no. That's not a consideration for you? I guess family is such a big thing to me that I think about melding families and spending time and doing holidays. And like that's such a real factor that I want to enjoy the people that I'm going to live my life with. I agree. I think you're right. Mm. I just. You've never gotten to that. Stage. I haven't. Got, well, I think I'm at a point in my life now where it does matter. But I also know that sometimes people with family issues growing up they want to compensate with their kids and like hmm. be overly loving and blah 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 and i i get that personally because i'm yeah. you know so i i would be more okay with it than i think me yeah if you were like i don't know where my dad is i'd be like that's fine we won't go searching if you don't want to you know <laughs> but that would definitely get a show that would get a show Sur yeah hunting for hunter's father-in-law Ooh, wow love it love it okay great dad <laughs> I, i'm gonna need you to take a hike <laughs> yeah am i making this the last time you have a straight guy on your show <laughs> yeah so far <laughs> and now for a quick note from this episode's sponsor and my favorite wine rescue rosé personally i drink rosé year-round Look, I know that rosé is technically for spring and summer, but I am very much of the yes way rosé mindset, and I am thrilled about this sponsor because it's literally my favorite wine. Like, literally my favorite wine. It's light and fresh and floral and my absolute go-to when I'm celebrating or commiserating. Rescue Rosé is a province-style rosé made from Pinot Noir grapes in Sonoma, California. And contrary to what this podcast might have you think, I am actually very specific about what hits my and goes in my body. And let me tell you, Rescue Rosé is not only vegan and gluten-free, but it's also made from sustainable grapes. And the older I get, the more I care about these things. Which brings me to my next favorite point about this wine. 20% from every bottle goes to saving animals. Yes, you heard that correctly. This wine saves lives. By drinking Rescue Rosé, you are actually helping save and foster thousands of dogs. And while I have fostered many men on their way to their forever homes, and many of them did turn out to be dogs, drinking a glass of Rescue Rosé is way more satisfying than most of them ever were. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Right now, you can save 10% by using the code CRIMES10 at RescueRosé.com. That's C-R-I-M-E-S 10 at RescueRosé.com. You must be over 21, and of course, please drink responsibly. And now back to our show. Okay, let's see. Oh, I have a really crazy hookup story. It's not that crazy. Ooh, tell me. It doesn't involve shit. I don't really have any poop stories. We kind of crescendoed at the top a little bit. We did. 
We crescidoed. Much like David. Yeah. It's really hard <laughs> to top that. <laughs> I had never had hair extensions, which is quite an un-LA thing to mm, say. So yeah. I got them once. And the thing, they were tape-ins, which for girls who know anything about hair extensions, they'll be like, oh, okay, probably a bad choice. My bad. Right. Because um, we want clip-ins? I have clip-ins. These you can take in and out. Okay. These were permanent hair extensions. Okay. And I had never had sex with somebody while wearing permanent hair extensions. And I forgot. And he went to run his hand through my hair. And he basically scalped me. (gasps) And I yelled so loud. Because he was like, and I was like, ah! And then he screamed. And then I screamed again. And he was like, what was that? What just happened? And I had to be like, oops, my bad. I have hair extensions in. And he was like, I don't, what, what? But it was crazy. And it was like a real record scratch moment. I will say hair extensions during sex are never super fun for a guy. Yeah, because you're always like, your natural inclination is to touch someone's head or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm not upset by it, but I keep touching. And then I feel so bad because I've, you know, done it. And then she's probably like, he touched, like in her mind, she touched it again. This is whatever, you know, like. Totally. Yeah, like, oh my God, (laughs) please don't ruin this, this hair thing that I've got. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's always a little bit odd, Mm. but not an issue. (laughs) <laughs> hair extensions look great. They look great. They really do. I couldn't I couldn't hang with it. I like to wear my hair up most of the time. I'm pretty low maintenance and also it weighed like 40 pounds when it got wet. Wow, that's yeah. disgusting too, a little bit. That's so much hair that's not yours on your head. It was. Soaking wet. Yep. Oh, because you had to shower with it and stuff, I guess, for however long you had it in. <laughs> e. Yes. Yes, I did have to wash my hair. Listen, you need to have (laughs) – your straight audience for years has been wondering this question. I come on Mm -hmm. and I'm like a little bit of a conduit. Mm -hmm. I get to ask these questions that men are like – I guess they do shower with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Pretty exciting. So exciting. So you're you're two straight listeners. <laughs> straight guys. Are gonna now know. Ooh, wow, hair extensions. That's a that's a yikes. Yeah. Do you know I what mean, your demo is? Like what how your audience is split up? Just like cool, cooler. All of them? Yeah. It's like a pretty, pretty even, cool, cool split. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Wow. Okay. So neither one of us have really crazy like dating on the level of David. Well, no, not on the level of, well, you had the craziest story in the world. A guy who shit his girl's couch and then tried to scoop it. Her parents couch. That's a good point. Her parents couch. How do we feel about white lies? I think that some of the, the, one of the weirdest details in this story is like, how do you invite a man over to your home and not say, oh, by the way, it's my parents. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's a little weird. I'm more of the be honest about everything type of guy. Me too. Because I also think I can like charm my way out of a situation. Mm, cannot wait to get to that. Well, like for example, my, my brother lives in the back house of where I live. Sure. And then my other buddy moved into one of the bedrooms for a few months. Mm-hmm. So on paper, I have two roommates. But I always, you know, spin it like we like cooking a lot. We, you know, you, you use it for, for the- You finesse it. I finesse it a little bit, but I'd rather be honest as opposed to like her being there and then like some guy come There's in like the house. There's like two men in the kitchen. Yeah. I go, oh, I like to go, oh, those are my chefs. And I make them have French accents. <laughs> incredible yeah yeah i know the white lie thing doesn't work for me either because you always get caught you always get caught and then i just think it's such an indicator of like what else would you be lying about yeah and white lies are also an indicator of how long you expect the person to be in your life exactly you know exactly you get you do enough white lies you're like oh i really don't anticipate this going past two more dates or something but if you see a future with someone the last thing you want to do is lie right because inevitably at some point it's gonna come come up 
Totally. Yeah, great. I'm glad we're on the same page on that. We've been on the same page about everything. We're kind of the <laughs> same Hunter, person. Stop hitting on me. <laughs> no. I won't survive it. Um, Are you feeling a connection right now between us? Oh, God. Elliot, have you ever seen her? Oh, I guess I, no. I've only seen her with gay men or uh, women. Am I your type? Okay, we're gonna get this podcast right back on track. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying I'm not saying I, I I think I am, but I'm just curious. Um, yes, you're tall and you're brunette, which is like my type. Do you have tattoos? No tattoos. No, so that's sort of I go fifty fifty on that. And you're funny, so yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is pretty exciting. Wow, this is this uh, is kind of like uh, <laughs> it's simultaneously like I'm a guest on a podcast, but it's also like we're on a dating show a little bit. And I've just started sweating. Really? Yeah. Where? Everywhere. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> oh, no. God. That was awful. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, well, this is, I don't know how to recover from this. This actually feels really good because as you know, I told you on the phone before this, mm -hmm. I just went through a minor heartbreak and I, I've not gone Recovered. into the dating pool thing yet. So this is a really nice transition for me to, mm -hmm. you know. I'm like more of a cold plunge. No, 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 no. You are, you are. A hot tub? You're when you go get your, <laughs> you're when you go get your haircut and then they shampoo your hair, but the water's warm. That's oh. what it's nice. Like you're like one of the greatest feelings in the whole world. Oh, wow. He came back from that. Okay. Yeah. So it. just to course correct ever so slightly and get <laughs> us back on track here, because I don't know how thrilling it's going to be for people to listen to us on a date. I genuinely think your audience is going to be very excited to see you. Flustered? I wasn't going to say flustered. I was going to say having a cute conversation. Yeah. But if you, are you flustered? No. Cool. <laughs> this is good then. Okay. So David talks a little bit about like, he wishes that he had spoken up. Mm-hmm. He was just trying to be like the cool guy, which I'm like, wow, I've never encountered that guy. Um, but he was trying to like go with the flow and be chill. And as a result, he had one of the more horrifying experiences that one could have. Yeah. I know you said that you're kind of like a people pleaser. Totally a people pleaser. What? I know. How? Well, especially Why? with women. Really? Yeah. Is that because you were a nerd when you were younger? Yeah, I think it's because of that, because my mom yelled at me, and so I'm constantly trying to make women hmm. not be upset with me, you know? So the last thing I ever want to do is rock the boat. For example, there's this one girl that I was dating. We had been on probably like 10 dates or something. That's a lot. It's a lot. A ton of dates. Well, and, yeah, I think that's a lot of date. And she had bad breath one day when I went to see her, but it was one of those, like, it, it felt like it was coming from her lungs. <laughs> You know, like I, I didn't think mouthwash was going to fix it. It felt like it was the, the breath. It was, was like Satan. It just felt. Yeah, it that felt was the moment you realized she was like a bad person and it was like trying to come out of her body. Yeah. And we had like I just got in there. We had like a full day planned and I didn't have the I didn't want to make her feel bad in case it didn't go away. And so I didn't tell her. And so for the rest of the day and then afterwards I dated a different girl and she at one point she goes, oh, go get some mouthwash. And I was like, because we had just eaten something. Mm hmm. I was like, oh, thank you. I was like, that was easy. You're like, I could have done that. I could have done whole that. Day. And it ruined the other girl, like for me in my mind. Like I was you like, you stopped dating her after the bad breath day? Yeah, but there were other no. things. There were other things that were surrounding it, but that was that was definitely an impetus for it. Because, but because I didn't have the, you know, whatever. I, I was being False. a shitty. Yeah, I was being a shitty little bitch. Wow. But there was other things. That wasn't the reason why it ended. But it was like a nice little smelly cherry on top. Ugh. So has it always been like this? Yeah. 
Now, not so much. I'm getting much better now. How did you get better at it? Just dating other people who were super forward. And I was like, that's so, you make it look so easy. And it then, didn't offend you. And so then you felt like. Not at all. Because I think that's a common trait for women. Not me, but. Um, to be afraid to say how you feel mm -hmm, about something. Mm -hmm, yeah. I so prefer it. Yeah. There have been women in my life who've been like, hey, like. I've gone on plenty of dates where it just didn't pan out and you kind of text being like, had a nice time, we'll chat soon. And then it just doesn't, doesn't go to happen. a date. And you can sometimes tell like, oh, they want to go on a date and you're being distant, however you want to go about right. it. Trying not to ghost, but it's hard. After two dates, do you want to go, hey, I'm sorry, just didn't feel the connection, blah, blah, blah. Like sometimes it's just too soon. You're just like, how about we went on one date? Doesn't matter. Is that bad? No, it's interesting. I feel like I tend to always just say no. But then again, I always kind of feel like the women hold the power in the beginning and the men hold the power in the end. Oh, interesting. And I feel like that also is sort of the way that it skews like younger age to older as well. Mm. And I, I, I think that I definitely don't like that to be true. I think it is sort of true. And I also think that things are relative. So it's like sex is a hot topic, right? I could say like sex on a first date doesn't phase me at all. And somebody else could be like, oh my God, I would never do that. You have to wait three dates until he's like into you to have sex, right? Yeah. The fact that sex is an issue means we're all reacting to it. So even though I want to believe like sex isn't an issue, it is because my opinion is in relation to it already being an issue. Does that make sense? Kind of, but it might not be an issue to you. No, it isn't. It isn't. But right. if it's just because it's not an issue to me doesn't mean it's not an issue for most people. Like societally. And so then I'm walking around. It's not an issue to me, but it's an issue to, to you. And therefore, like... You have a position relative to what society thinks. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think the same thing goes with power dynamics, where as women get to a certain age where they want to have kids, there's like, there is a ticking time clock on women, biologically-ish. I mean... It depends on how you want to go down about having... If you don't want to have kids, it doesn't matter. And if you are cool with having like a donor egg or whatever, then that doesn't matter either. But if you want to have children that are your own, genetically speaking... Yeah. then there is a time a crunch off. there. Yeah. And there, so there gets to be this like window where I feel like there's a power dynamic between men and women yeah. in terms of like settling down. I think the same is kind of true. There's a smaller microcosm of it in dating. So in the beginning, I was joking around and I'm like, well, to have sex, women just have to say yes. Mm. But then I think as you start to date more, the man sort of decides. Like as you get older? No, like. Oh, oh you're saying as you date longer with As someone. you date longer, yeah. Well, I started putting time. I, I was always like a let's have sex before the date. Yeah, if you want to, we don't have to go You're to like, dinner first. Dick pic. <laughs> but uh, I stopped doing that, and then I started literally just for like a year. I was like, hey, I'm not having sex until I really like the person. Hmm. Nothing. So you were celibate. Well, I did like end up liking a few people. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. But I that nothing changes the power dynamic than that because at first the girls were like, oh my god, that's really thank you, that's respectable, I like that. Mm -hmm. And the second date, they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know there's this myth that men like sex more than women and it's a myth. Yeah, I think I women definitely like sex, but men just have less willpower and self-control. Hmm. Um, they have less self-control, hmm. I think, stereotypically. And maybe that's societally induced self-control. Hmm. We're allowed to think that it's okay to try to have sex. And maybe women are like, well, I should wait, whatever whatever the reason is. Men are just not as good at holding out. But when I did that, I've, I've never felt better. I ended up in better situations. Hmm. The entire time. So that's kind of what transitioned me to, to from, being better. 
from fuckboy to Boy retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, yeah. Actually, I, okay, let's just get into that. I'm so curious because my perspective on you is that you're a full-blown fuckboy. What does that mean? So it's based off of your social media and then the persona that you have like played on Nightly Pop. Right. Right? Yeah. Where it's like, oh my God, I'm single. and like, no girls love me. <laughs> You know, <laughs> like, oh, poor me. It's just like so hard. I've just got like 14 abs and I'm charming and like I can't find anybody to love me. It's like, OK, I see straight through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is not real. Now that so you then, say it out loud. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then I go, oh, that's like that's fuckboy behavior. Because to me, that's it's manipulative. Now, that's like not sinister manipulative. Uh, yeah, I know. But what you're saying. I think that also you like are constantly posting thirst traps, which there's nothing wrong with that. I love thirst traps. Is it manipulative in the same way that hair extensions are manipulative? <laughs> if only, you think about it. Only had them once. Only had them once. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I think like. You get scalped once and you're like, this is not for Never me. again. This yeah. is not for me. I got too big of a roster to risk this happening yeah. again. <laughs> um, yeah, I do think like, especially on Nightly Pop, I played a version of myself. Sure. Especially with two dominant women. Right, of it's course. different. Like if I'm in yeah. a situation where I'm with a bunch of guys, mm -hmm. my persona changes to be like oh, interesting. a little bit more alpha because I don't want to be the dweeb. But when you're with two dominant women, it's much easier. One, you get along with them better if you're not trying to dominate them. This is very true. And two, on television, you're already in a role of power. And so nobody wants to see someone take advantage of that and still be an asshole. Totally. So that's why when I am on TV, I'm more like, I just want to play, make sure everyone's having a good time, make sure everyone feels like safe and comfortable. Um, and you don't feel like that so that is not how you are in real life in real life it's a balance for sure okay like i am much more dominant in real life mm -hmm. women who've dated me who've known me from any tv or even just met me through friends sure when we do eventually get to the point of intimacy or close to it and like it's like an actual date and we're sitting across from each other they're always like you're way different than i thought you'd be oh interesting yeah how so just a real freak cool but maybe some people expect that. Other people don't. Is there two dogs killing each other right outside of this? Yep. <laughs> they um, heard you say freak and they were like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely like, I don't know. I'm. I... What does freak mean? I feel like so many guys are like, I'm a freak. And then they're vanilla as fuck. Okay. Uh, I think I've tried almost everything that a, a straight man would try. Like what does I've, that mean? A straight man would try. Well, like I haven't had any sex with another guy. Oh. But. I've done. I know a lot of straight men that have tried that. I, I genuinely wish I was into it. Yeah. And all, all of my audience, like half of them are gay men. Yeah. I would be getting laid so much yeah. if I wanted to. This is very true. Uh, and they're my favorite people in the world to get along best. Some of my best friends. I would rather hang out with them than any any girl that I've ever dated. Got it. Have you always been freaky? What got you into that? Always been freaky. When I was young, the first time I made out with a girl, like really rolling around, mm -hmm. you know, just rock hard for six hours <laughs> making out on a bed. My dad Dad picked me up and he's like, why are you smiling so much? I'm like, nothing, dad, stop. And then he goes, Jif sex? And I was like, no, what the fuck? And then the next time I did have sex, he picked me up again. I got in the car smiling. He goes, what are you smiling about? And I go, nothing, dad, stop. He goes, did she stick a finger in your ass? And I was like, dad, what the fuck? So it's been in my family 
since Forever. I can remember that like sexuality was like a yeah. a thing. My parents were divorced on the weekend. It was just me, my dad, and my brother. And, and your dad's hot. My dad's a perv. Mm -hmm. He's like a you know hot older guy, and sure. like my thirty year old female friends want to fuck him. And so it's always been like that for him. So now we just have a very open comfortability with sexuality. Like yeah. there's nothing that a girl could pitch to me that I would say no to. That's so interesting because I grew up in the same kind of dynamic, and I am also well versed in the art of. Freak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I do feel like there are definitely, there's this one guy actually, in hindsight, when I say it is going to sound creepier, but I think he was like 10 years older than me. I was like 18 and we started dating. I was legal, so it was all good. Or are um, you adjusting the story? No. Because okay. I was in college, so. Okay, okay, good. I, and I think I was, yeah, no. But, I mean, I was going to bars, and so that part was legal. Eesh. Woof. And he is, like, somebody that I, we dated, we broke up, we were always cool, we dated again, and then we just, like, hooked up on and off, like, my whole life. He's in a relationship now, so that's donezo, but he's the first dude that I ever pegged. He is the first guy I ever ate ass with. He got me into, like, a lot of these things, and I think part of it was because oh this is wow this is just hitting me um <laughs> because i felt really comfortable with him but i knew i would never end up with him mm, that is a thing for sure. So I think there was a freedom there that isn't, hasn't been, that I didn't have with some of the boyfriends that I thought I might marry. Well, it kind of, you start getting into this interesting delineation between like, all right, this is someone I want to spend my life with. And then you get a little further away from that all the way until you basically look at them as like a human sex doll. Right. And you may have looked at him as that, which is fun and you can explore. And sometimes if both people are aware that that's what they are to each other, it's a really freeing experience. For sure, yeah. But you just kind of got to be honest about that because you'll end up in situations where you'll say something and then they go, I don't want to do that with you. That's scary. And then you're like, mm. oh, we're, we see this differently. We see this differently, yeah. Yeah, but like all my girlfriends will ask me, girls that I've worked with and stuff, they'll be like, hey, guy wants to do this with me or mm -hmm. mention this and I'll just ask them if they're comfortable with it. And if you are comfortable with it, you should do it. There's yeah. great advice that I got from a porn star that I knew. Mm. And she said that more women especially, but men too, should feel comfortable, find someone they're comfortable with and go out of their boundaries because you might live a very large portion of your life without realizing you really like something and have never done it. A hundred percent. And there's so many things, especially with sexuality, where it's like there really isn't anything better than being sexually comfortable with someone if you're yeah. in love and you get to like do these things that really work for you, especially when sex is so taboo and everyone has these weird restrictions on their mind. It makes it hard to come and it's stupid. It's just horrible. Yeah, that is that is very true. I I had bed death. Do you know what bed death is? Mm -mm. Where the sex dies and then the relationship dies. Oh, that's yeah, that's great. Yeah, dark. But I look back on that and I feel like had I been able to tell that guy like, hey, I'm not coming. This is awful. Totally. And we need to do things differently. And I need to like, but I just wasn't comfortable. And were you faking it? Oh yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, now now my older age. You can tell. I can I can tell, but I also I just feel so bad when I hear like my friends are like, yeah, she comes every time. I'm like, no, she doesn't. No, she doesn't, my friend. Yeah, I'm a yeah. big fan of like toys in the room yeah, for the woman. Yeah, mm -hmm. I feel like now it's just also sometimes I just won't, and it really depends where I am in my cycle. And I think a lot of women don't even realize if you are about to. Some people get really horny around their period, and some people it's just like impossible to come because the blood is like going to other places. Oh, interesting. So the idea of being able to get aroused is just so much more difficult. I didn't even realize that like biologically that actually makes 
makes sense. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're not enjoying it, but the pressure to always have to orgasm feels like a lot. So if you can take that off the table, I do think that's really helpful. I think um, that's, and that's also just one conversation with your partner being like, hey, by the way, yeah. depending on how deep you are into the relationship, it's a lot harder it's four years in than it is four dates in. Totally. So it's important to have that sooner. And if you just say, hey, just so you know, because mm-hmm. men are fragile, their egos are fragile, they're little bitches. All you have to do is just be nice about it. That's the other thing. If you've been dealing with it for years, you might be ready to bite that guy's head off and be like, how have you not noticed that I'm not actually coming? But you still have to acknowledge this guy maybe didn't know or maybe never grew up knowing that women don't come as easily as he thinks they do. Right. And so it's like when you do bring it up to your guy in the same way you kind of just did of like, hey, there's a thousand reasons this could be happening. I just want to work on it with you. Mm -hmm. It's not your fault, even if it is. You kind of lie about it a little bit because you don't want to fuck his ego because then he's then then you're never going to come. I know. And I've I've done that. Yeah. There's a point of no return. So you think it's better to bring sex up earlier. Totally. I do, too. But I think that that also backfires, especially with fuckboys. Well, you're saying like if you bring sex up earlier, you like sexualize the whole situation. Kind of. Or you can get categorized as this is not somebody that I'm going to date long term. I think regardless. You don't think that that's whatever was going to happen is going to happen. So if you were to take that power dynamic and Mm -hmm. and kind of take control and say, hey, I'm going to bring this up to you. I know Mm -hmm. we're not having sex yet or even like after the first time you have sex. Sure. Whenever. Bring it up whenever. You still control everything if you want to. And if you don't want to have sex, you don't have to. You can say, I'm going to bring this up to you. We're not having sex. But when we do, I don't come that easily. Yeah. Don't take offense. There's other, there's ways to do it. It won't happen the first time. Probably won't have the second time. Probably won't have the third time. In fact, most men are going to take that as a challenge and try to get you to come. Well, the right one will. The right one will. Yeah. I, it's like my biggest <laughs> challenge. Like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, you know, coming up for air being like, is it happening yet? <laughs> Did you come? <laughs> I had a guy do that. He he was just like, look, I'm going to get you off first because I come super quick. And I was like, haha. And he was like, nope, not a joke. Very true. Runs my family. All the guys come really quick. How quick? It was pretty quick. Like how quick? Maybe five minutes, four That's minutes. That's a while. That's a- pretty quick. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Elliot. <laughs> a little nervous there. I got got, got to a point now where I can control whenever it happens. Yeah. But my fucking core gets tired. How? Wow. Yeah. So the guy that I have had a lot of sex with that I was talking about also can do that. He studied Kama Sutra when he was younger. Yeah. I didn't study Kama Sutra. I just (laughs) was fucking. I was like, I got to last longer. You were like, I got to figure this out. (laughs) It was my first relationship in high school. We were together for a year. And so, you know, you get, you can last forever. It's guys who didn't have that didn't mm-hmm. have a long-term girlfriend who they can practice with and get longer yeah that's when it's they hard. have a hard time controlling it but then now it's to a point where like, if i get close and then i stop myself for a split second mm-hmm. and just take a breath it's like okay you go you for can the go rest. For, yeah. yeah we talked a little bit about porn there was a time when you were watching so much porn that it fucked up your sex life yeah i think just like it does for a lot of guys and they don't realize it it's not that like uh, by the way still on paper it's crazy I was doing great sexually. Like I was still able to have sex. Let the record show. Let the record show. But I went from like being able to do it as many times as I could physically want in like an evening to being a one and done and then being like, hey, let's knock out for the night, you know, or like losing interest in the person. And then when I stopped watching porn, which is just so bad for the human brain, Mm -hmm. it's awful. Someone said it like this. They're like porn and sex is an addiction, obviously, Mm -hmm. just like drugs and alcohol, except your brain isn't wired to want drugs and alcohol. Your brain is wired to want, biologically yeah. to want sex. So this addiction is almost like a hundred times more difficult yeah. to snap it's the yourself out of. of addiction. Absolutely. Yeah. 
how would you bring up that conversation with a partner? Let's say you're me bringing it up with a partner who is just watching a lot of porn and it's affecting our sex life. It's tough yeah. because it's almost always going to be a dig at their sexual capability, which is like a man's most fragile ego mm -hmm. part of their brain. But I don't think it's a bad thing to bring up or you can always bring it up third person wise and being like, oh my God, do you know so-and-so and so-and-so? Mm. Oh, you don't know them? <laughs> Good, because they're made up. <laughs> Great, because <laughs> Great, that was a lie. Yeah. yeah. The guy like had a, such a bad porn addiction that he went from being able to have sex a bunch to eventually he couldn't have sex at all. Like he couldn't get hard without watching porn mm. and then see if that like triggers something in a guy's brain. Some men know and they're addicted and they can't stop. And it's really bad. I know I've come across some of those guys and it's really it's been bad. It's fucked up their libidos. It's it's also like some guys, they can only come with their hand now. Totally. Just things that kind of suck. And as like a person that is on the outside, you know, I'm like, well, whatever. It's your life, not mine, but not great. I know. I think if women wanted to be able to skirt this situation, like mm -hmm. the porn situation entirely, get more calloused hands. <laughs> I hope I'm able to edit that where it's just silence. <laughs> It is true though. It's funny. Like Good if you think God. about like a guy, we can make ourselves come so yeah. fast every time. But also like, you're in control of your brain. Totally. But it's I can also make myself come really fast if I'm in the zone in my brain. But it's funny that as a guy, you let's say I'm with a woman mm -hmm. and she's in the exact position I love and mm -hmm. I I might have to go for like if I'm really trying hard, five minutes to get no, if I'm really trying to go sooner than that. But if my if I'm just sitting there alone thinking about that thing, mm -hmm. way faster. How weird is that? Yeah, that is it's weird. It's like we prefer watching the movie than being in the, you know, situation in our brain a little bit. So it's just, it's a lot. But I do think if there are any men listening or women too, I feel like it's affecting women now too. For sure. There are a lot of women I know who they have said to me, by the way, I only watch like a specific type of porn now. And I kind of think about it when I have sex. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, that's weird. It's odd. I mean, weird in... I shouldn't have said weird. You sex shamed. I, I said weird and I did. And I you feel have like that's to leave a, it in. I have to leave <laughs> no, it in. <laughs> no, that's a bummer. It's such a bummer that our brains are so easily wired to and conditioned to that. I dated a guy who had a tongue fetish. And so every time we were having sex, I needed to keep my tongue out. And it was fine in the beginning. And then it just got really old. He wanted to see it or he wanted to lick it and stuff? He wanted to see it. Oh, that's weird. He'll definitely hear this. Well, I'm saying, <laughs> when I say no, weird, I know. I'm it, just saying it, peculiar to me, but I'm not saying it's weird, bad. It, no, none of it is weird. like weird, bad, but it. I do think one of the things about specific kinks is that they're very confining. Did he want you to cross your eyes ever? No, but I do know exactly, I do know exactly what you guys are talking about. Also, Ahiago. No. No, yeah. no, 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 no. That's a specific but porn I'm that does affect a lot of guys, glad we're all on too. the same page on that. But the other thing that happens with porn, too, and men don't realize it because we are stupid. Maybe women realize it more than we do. But mm -hmm. porn is just like any other search engine. It's figuring out what you like, and then it's progressively overloading that thing. So if you yeah. like big tits, it might start with, like, Ds. And then... And then it's Es, and yeah. then it's Gs, and then it's Triple Hs, and now all of a sudden... It's crazy. I did not realize that Hunter knew the alphabet. 
I was more referring to Hunter Hearst Hemsley, the wrestler, Triple H. It's a woman with two Hunter Hearst Hemsleys on her chest. Did you watch WWE growing up? No. Yeah, me neither. That's embarrassing. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that that I would recommend it. And then you could bring it up to your partner. I think you should feel, again, if the alternative is you never are satisfied sexually, mm-hmm. the relationship's over anyway. Yeah. You might as well take one last swing. That's true. That's true. That's true. So why are you single? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> wow. I, As an audio platform, <laughs> that moment's going to play so well. <laughs> well, I still said it meekly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I think my standards are really high for myself because I've dated some really great people, but I've also sure. dated in LA where I feel like there's a skew on it no Pretty matter brutal, what. Brutal, yeah. I do want to leave. I want to go back to Paris and just live there for like six months. Okay. And see if I can find love. But Do I have you speak French. No, but that could be good because if they don't understand what I'm saying, and I understand, <laughs> they might like me more. Is what I'm saying. If there's like a language barrier. Sure. No, so, but I need someone to speak my language. I've da- I've done that before. It's tough. dating apps. Yes or no? Dating apps. Yeah, I think dating apps are fine. I personally have an addictive personality, and so, so I will spend too much time on them. Mm. But like I'll download them for one month. I'll pay for like the subscription for oh. one month, once a year, usually around the holidays because we go on vacation. And when I go on vacation with my family, I'm like, you guys are awesome, but, but we're out. on day three of Scrabble. I need to go have sex with someone. And then I'll download the app. And then sure. when I get back to LA, I'll have the app for the rest of the month. Yeah. And then by the, the end year. of it, yeah, by the end of it, I go, I, you ha- I'm you deleting this immediately. And then I text or DM two of the girls, the final ones on there. I go, here's my number. I'm deleting the app. And then I'm off. <laughs> You're like, you've made it to the final four. <laughs> Interesting. So, okay. What was the moment that you kind of decided to stop being a player? I think it was similar to like the porn thing where mm. sex was becoming very kind of gamish. And also you waste a lot of time. So much time. And that's fine if you have a lot of time and you want to waste it. But I was also getting to this point where like, I've had a really good career, obviously. I love what I've gotten to do. But I also think, damn, if if I could spend 80 hours a week or 60 hours a week working on what I love, what can I accomplish in five years, 10 years, 20 years? Versus if I'm spending 20 hours on what I love Mm -hmm. and then 25 hours, you know, DMing people or going on dates and blah, 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 or just kind of even worrying about it or thinking about it or then dealing with someone who's like, hey, did you not enjoy our first date and the anxiety that comes from that it's so much energy devoted to the good the bad and the ugly when it comes to dating Mm. so i'd rather save that energy and funnel it all into someone that i really like and the game part of it you felt like sex was like in mario kart like collecting points or you got addicted to the chase or you don't really collect points in mario kart Um, i've never actually played a video game (laughs) You do collect coins, maximum 10 increases your speed. Oh my God. I love I am Mario Kart. outnumbered here. It's my favorite video game. Really? I haven't played it in years, but it was when I was... Anyway, so thank you for bringing it up. I'm very turned on right now. Uh, <laughs> Tight. Yeah, no, it wasn't a game in terms of a game like that. It was more just, you start looking at it as like a challenge and mm. then you look at it purely to satisfy your own needs and you don't consider the fact that you are exchanging energy. I used to think that yeah. was so goofy when people would say that. No. It's not goofy. It's not goofy. It's so real. So I would just rather, I would rather respect their energy and respect my own and not end up in situations where like, again. But when you were in the zone, you didn't, that wasn't a factor, right? No, but again, I was always, I was not a fuckboy in that I would lie or take them to a nice restaurant and be like, this could all be yours if you just sleep with me. That was mm. never my thing. My mm-hmm. thing was always like, hey, let's go out. I would maybe make dinner the second date. Always really fun dates. And I was always really nice and I was always really honest. Mm-hmm. But 
You were honest in that I'm not looking for anything serious. Yeah, towards there was a little period where I was like, I don't know. But that was always my answer. It was never, I'm definitely looking for a relationship. And I think you're the one. It was always at my worst. It was, I genuinely don't know. I could be, I might not be ready. And that right. was enough to kind of. That feels very fuckboy because I'm like, hmm, maybe. Totally. It is fuckboy. And then I started saying, no, I don't think I'm ready for a relationship. If that's an issue for you, I understand. Mm. It was rarely ever an issue because people like honesty, especially in LA. Like it's kind of rare. Right. And, then, and the challenge. And the challenge. And now I'm more like, hey, I'm not looking for any. If I don't like someone, I'm like, I'm not looking for anything. And they go, okay, that's fine. Neither am I. I go, no, like not anything. Let's not do this. Period. Period. But that's because you had that wake up, that realization that this was feeling empty or not great. Totally. And I also love doing FaceTime dates now. Like, Yeah, I pre-screen. Oh, it's so great. Because yeah. you realize immediately yeah. that you're like, oh, that would have been an awful hour and a half. An immediate now. Yeah. Was there, when you were in your like player fuckboy phase, was there ever a woman that like broke through or no? No. Yeah. Okay. I think that's important to, to hear. I think, I don't think there was, and I'm not saying that it, there couldn't have been, but I think I just was in such a, I was, it's a very, to be a fuckboy and again, when I say this, I'm like, no, nah, I wasn't an absolute fuckboy. Like, I was just, it's a very selfish mindset. Yeah. You know, obviously. And I think it also a lot of times co coincides with someone's work ethic and someone's like, when you do want to just focus on your career, you don't have time to be a good partner. And so you become a fuckboy sure. in that way too. So there was like all these factors that also, were playing Also, don't you think it. it had to do with you compensating for being nerdy as a kid? Totally. Yeah. Not being nerdy, but I just wasn't liked. Oh. I didn't have friends. Oh, man. That like... Hurt you? Yeah, that hurt I had me. a birthday party nobody showed up to. So now is it okay that I fucked a lot? Are no, because there were a lot of women that you probably hurt. What the fuck? <laughs> I was trying to make a joke. God damn it. <laughs> I'm on their side. Uh, yeah, no, no. I, I, I regret all of the bad decisions I made. All right. Well, that's good. Okay. Rapid fire questions. Are we still... Are we, you and I still like connecting or have I thoroughly fucked all of that up hmm I don't know what is, I, I feel like listeners probably have an idea uh, yeah but I don't care about the listeners <laughs> I care about you <laughs> no we're still very vibing okay I think your audience cares more about that okay, okay so yeah. let's go ahead and Great. talk rapid fire question no about us <laughs> and has anything I've said really turned you off where you were like no oh. no okay no. Oh, my God. No. You know, red flags to me are somebody that's not clear about what they want, somebody that is selfish, lack of self-awareness, not being transparent. Those are things I just don't have time for in my life. You would have hated me four years ago. Wow. But has anything I said really turned you on? Yeah. What? TBD on that. Here's something that I think you're going to like. Mm hmm. We didn't really touch on it earlier when, when it came to the freak stuff. Sure. But one thing that I told one of my girlfriends, she was like, Hunter, I'm going on this date. Mm -hmm. What's something, what's the craziest thing that a guy's ever done? Because this guy, I think he's like a little bit of a, a freak or like whatever she vibed from his profiles. I don't think you're really going to come across anything on a first date. Mm -hmm. But she's like, well, what's something crazy that you've done or experienced? And I was like, well, spitting in someone's mouth is. Oh, that's my kink. It's it's an aggressive thing to do, <laughs> but you've got to be in the right situation. I don't think he'll do it on a first date. And it's a very specific yeah. thing. Like, you, yeah, it's got to be in the situation, usually during oral or something like that. Oh, yeah. That's not when you're just like making out. That's totally. on the path. To, we are going to have sex. Totally. Yeah, for and sure. you grab their cheeks and your fingers are in between their teeth, you know, kind of thing like, mm -hmm. like that. And you go, who's a dirty little fucking girl? And then they go. I am. I am. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. Well, 
mm-hmm. on that date, mm-hmm. he's making out with her in the car after their first date and he spits into no. her mouth. No. And then she was like, had you not told me that was a thing, I would have called the police. I was like, you <laughs> still should have called the fucking police. That's not the time and place. Whoa. Yeah. Was his name Noah? His name was Noah Bombach. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't know what his name was. Yeah, that's... I Wild. only reason I bring that up is because I know you're, you're a spit person. How did you know that? Because anyone who is a little bit wild, usually, like, when it comes to women... Sure. 99% of the time, mm-hmm. it's a submissive oh, wildness. Oh, switch. Right, but even if you're switch... Mm-hmm the submissive can go real submissive. That's very true. You That's know, true. and yes. so like when someone is that and when they've experimented a lot, because mm-hmm. there are things that just naturally feel great to everybody. If you were if you were to do it and be comfortable doing it, it would feel great. I feel great. like this is his pitch, <laughs> right? Sharks, here's my pitch. I spit <laughs> in your pitch. mouth. He's like, he's like, listen, you you're a dirty little ass. whore. Don't you like it? <laughs> For twenty thousand dollars, I'll spit in your mouth. You lick my ass, and we call it a day. Uh, but yeah, those like those two things. I think just they're fun and sexy, and they feel good. Getting your ass eaten mm-hmm. both ways feels great. But the people who don't do it are people who are conservative or they're scared. And they, but if you allowed yourself to do it, you'd realize, oh, it's fun. And it's also this is one thing that's great when you cut out porn is if you start doing these things with people you actually care about. Yeah. It means so I don't much watch more. Porn. I mean, I do occasionally, but I don't really watch porn. Occasionally is fine. There really is. It's the same as smoking weed. Do you wake up and want to smoke weed and then want to go to bed smoking weed? Because no. Exactly. But if you have weed with friends every once in a while or by yourself to relax, who gives a fuck? It's not an addiction. Yeah. You have to ask yourself, here's the thing. For everyone who thinks that they don't have a sex or a porn addiction, mm-hmm. don't do it for a week. Yeah. Good luck. And see what happens. See if you can make it. You will be surprised at how hard it is to cut out porn when you've watched it every day because it's not like That would be a good thing. Make a bet with your partner. Totally. Make a bet with your partner. Hey, see how long you can even say it like that. You can go, "Hey, I read something that if neither of us watch porn, put it on yourself too, even if you don't really watch porn, sure. but if neither of us watch porn for 2 weeks, apparently the sex is like 3 times as good. And if you do it, I'm going to get us a hotel room and we're going to do all the things you want to do. Blah blah blah. Might not work, might work. Yeah. Who knows? But it'll shine a light on things. Yeah, and you like the spin your mouth thing yeah great Okay, speed round questions. What's your favorite killer move? My for what? Just in dating, in love, in oh, whatever. Oh, oh. What's a go-to move that always works? Cooking for them. Yeah, that tracks. The, and then also showing them the paintings. They don't care about it as much as I care about it. I think it's more of what turns me on. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> but the cooking works. What's a date killer? Total turn off. Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. Do you have another one? Yeah. Total turn off for me turns me off. Yeah. Um, gives you the ick. Obviously, bad breath. Bad breath is not good for me, but now I'm more comfortable being like, hey, I got some mouthwash. Let's go uh, rinse up. Yeah. Uh, someone who is a horrible conversationalist. Mm. I hate it when it's like we're struggling to get through a conversation. Yeah, because you can carry and make the date interesting. Uh, it'll al- just... For me, it'll always be interesting because I'm going to just be astounded at how dumb this person is or how arrogant or whatever the bad situation is. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't want to be around this anymore. What is your weapon of choice? One thing that you're working on, that something that destroys dates or relationships, it's something you need to get better on. Mm, I don't know. The the It's weird because usually I'm so cold and callous, but the last girl I was so open and vulnerable mm. didn't pan out. So maybe I'm going to go back to being an asshole. <laughs> no, I don't think you should do that. No, I don't think I should either. Another visual medium joke. Uh, yeah, I would... <laughs> 
I can't I, wait for the part two. This will be like after Hunter and I have had sex. Oh, you're we're not coming back to this podcast afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna find some little hole in some like fucking, you know, bit of the woods and we're just gonna be there for a while. Oh god. How dare you? Uh yeah, I I I think that. I want to I want to continue being vulnerable. Go ahead, sorry. Okay, that's good. And finally, what is your killer advice? Best dating advice you've ever been given? Best dating advice I've ever been given. I think it's kind of everything we talked about in terms of say what you want, mm-hmm. be comfortable with it, but also take a look at how you're saying things because you could be being men and women a little bitch about it. You might be wronged and you might want something fixed or you might want something to change, but don't be an asshole when you ask about it. Consider other people's feelings. Mm. It should be a safe space for both people. Totally, I think that that's great. So if people want to find more of you, where do they find you? If people want to find more, probably just Instagram. It's it's the only app I really use, Mm. at Hunter March. And then maybe when we start a joint Instagram together (laughs) with our dog. (laughs) Oh my God. Hmm. I don't know if I would Hunter Uphold. You could take my last name. You wouldn't want Rory March? No. That's great. Uphold for one is just, what is that? Nobody's ever had that last it's, name. I know. A lot of people ask me if it's like real. Is it? Yeah. People say the same thing about March. That makes sense. But my grandpa did change it to March mm. from Mendelssohn. So I guess you can find our dog account yeah. at some point, TBD. And yeah. then maybe in the meantime, they should listen to your podcast. Yeah, listen to our podcast. That's a great. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Not a problem. We don't know what the name is just yet because we're just rebranding it, but we think it's I'll something along. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to be really funny. It's like a dating podcast trying to help. We're going to get people calling in, fun stories. And Alex, my co host, and I are going to try to help you get back on that horse or get confident, ask your questions, and we're going to help you get laid the way you want to get laid. Yeah. And Alex is hilarious comedian, so funny. writer, very funny. She was my writer on Nightly Pop, and she's just incredible. Very, very quick. So if you like Hunter, you're in for a treat with Alex. Yeah. How did we do? She's even better. What? <laughs> How did we do today? Good? Pretty good, I think. Yeah. No. Yeah? You what? Are you nervous or something? Why no! So, I feel like you could have been more supportive then. Pretty good, I guess. Really? Um... No, you don't have to be. Honestly, it was like the best one I've ever done. No, now I don't believe you at all. <laughs> no, like that was so good. If this so is how good. you are after sex, I believe it. <laughs> I would love it. I'd be like, really? That's amazing. No, you killed it. That was amazing. Can I ask you a serious question? Mm-hmm. During this podcast, and I want you to be really honest mm-hmm. with me. Twice. You did. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That was exactly what I was going to ask. (laughs) Yeah, you can stop. (laughs) Oh, God. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. If you like this show, please do me a favor and make sure that you are subscribed. And if you have an extra 30 seconds, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast. Now that I'm 100% independent, these three little things help me in very big ways. And if you want to see clips from the show, please check out my socials, which are linked in the show notes. You can also find links to David's hilarious TikTok account for more of his insane stories, as well as Hunter's incredible podcast, Friends Without Bens. Thanks again for listening and see you next Tuesday.